is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his exact twin. Mine is being born and raised in Kentucky and his heroic military service and being born to a completely other mother, Kent Chungus. He got shot in the butt. The baby got shot in the butt? Yes. One-year-old. Oh, hello, Kent. Oh, hello, operator. I have a question for you. What? Hey, Kent. What? Was there ever a time in your military service where a mission that you were on, that you went on, felt more like vengeance than just a mission? No. Let's uh, just check that. It doesn't really work like that. Like, okay, in my head, I'm like, at some point, you guys got... You know, bomb, shelled, shelled from some, you know, from the Kunduz province canyon. And you're like, let's go get them. Let's everybody get your weapons. Let's go. Let's attack. Fortnightly, we're going to go northeasterly and we're, then we're going to attack, attack, attack. No. Are you asking? I mean, anytime that we took contact, yes, we would move on them. But that's not really vengeance. That's war. <laughs> that's not. But are you talking about where like missions, des- missions that were designed like specifically with vengeance in mind by higher ups? Is that what you're asking? No, just like that. It felt emotionally like. Oh yeah, like to the lower to the pissons, the the foot soldiers. Yeah, where you're like, this we're doing this one for Braden. Yeah, there were times where it felt like vengeance to those involved in like a mission directly after the death or injury of one of our guys, but it was never that way to the higher ups. Yeah, but they kind of had to know. They had to know that when they send you out on that one, that it's personal. Yeah. You can't get it all up in your feelings. Yeah. I mean, on one occasion, we were informed that one of our buddies uh, that had been shot had died in the air on the way for higher echelon of medical attention. Oh. And then they told us, he said, yeah, he didn't make it. Get your gear on. We're stepping in like 15 minutes. Oh. So it's like... You don't have time to... You connect the dots. You don't have time to process a lot of the times. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and they they <clears throat> intentionally deliver news like that to you very straightforward and straight-faced, and that's how it is, and we've got stuff, we've got work to do. Well, I would assume, too, that the muscle memory that you develop is something that actually is intended to keep emotions at bay, right? Because an emotional response to a scene would be one where you could actually get you or others injured. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But I do remember crying and putting on my gear and crying. Yeah. And everybody else around me was crying, and we were just putting on our gear and loading our weapons, and that was it. Nobody ever really talked about it. Nobody ever... It was just, he's dead, and... We've got to go, you know, talk to this swears f- that says that he knows where the Taliban, where Cal- Taliban weapon caches are, something like that. We got to give him 10 grand. Yeah. The end. Weird. No. And I mean, it felt like vengeance to us, to like the piss ons. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the big picture, no, there were never vengeance missions, so to speak. I could imagine that that would probably roll back to Washington and into the people and they're like, we're paying taxpayer dollars. Yeah, that doesn't look good in the in the Wall Street Journal. It doesn't look good on <laughs> CNN. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Fox News is like, heroes kill Taliban. It's just a bunch of innocent people, and CNN's like, they eat their babies, and they say, swear, Muslims. <laughs> yeah. None of it's true. Uh, all right. So with that being said, if I joined the military today, me, the operator, if I, w- if I were to join the military today, but I were to be curated into a specific role by you, like you, you could be like, here's where you would, here's where you would thrive in the military. What, what would I be? What would I, what would I be in the military? I would put you on. Hmm. I don't, I don't want to insult you. No, I won't be insulted. Cause I wouldn't, I, I would put you on a G boss and a, a G boss is this really cool thing that we had. It sits on a, on God, it's like a 400 foot pole. Oh, and it's this insane camera. Oh. Like NASA level camera. And there's a little bitty hut made out of a, it's a shipping container that's like a quarter of the size of a shipping container. You know, those metal. Mm-hmm. And the, at the base of that G Boss is that little hut that has monitors in it and a literal like PlayStation controller. Wow. And it's a camera that can zoom in like three miles. You can see people's facial expressions at like three miles. Jeez. And it has night vision and thermal and everything on it. And there was somebody manning that at all times. That sounds fun. And I feel like you would be a really good G-Boss dude. Like our our G-Boss dude. I'd enjoy that. I think I would. I would enjoy that. And it was fun because, you know, we had to stand watch on the G-Boss on top of posts. So there was a rotating. So you would have like one night you would have like. Four hours of post where you'd just be on a post on behind a gun watching the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have the next night you might have G Boss Watch. So you'd have four hours of G Boss. And I always loved having G Boss Watch because of the swear you see running around in Afghanistan at nighttime <laughs> is swearing bananas. <laughs> that would be fun. Pumas, uh, rats the size of like horses. Cause you can. Because it picks up on all that stuff, too. So if you turn on the thermals and look out over, you know, the the area, there's just little glowing stuff everywhere. Oh, wow. And you can see a a Taliban dude and another Taliban dude in the air a half a mile out. Wow. Thinks he's completely being discreet about it, but that G-Boss looks right over their walls and into their compound. Just really interesting. You also see a lot of people wiping their swears. Hmm. Just because they're out there. Yeah, because they just drop deuces. Just They're like, you know, they just stop wherever they're going, drop a deuce in the desert, and then throw some dirt on there. Some more swears. Keep on a walking, so you'll be on G-Boss Watch and look out, and some dude's just dropping a steamer. Uh, they don't drop steamers. They, they swear. Water. Just pure water. <coughs> Gross. But the G-Boss was fun, and I think you'd be a good G-Boss dude. Could you could you also record with it? So you're like, I'm gonna, I need to record this. You could record, yeah. You can record stuff, but we used it for finding people that were trying to implant IEDs and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. The time that they were spending on a road. Yeah. Digging and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Also impressive how much time they spend digging IEDs. Like that is that's like a full time job, and I would be so tired. You would think, but they're like NASCAR pit crews. With IEDs. They're fast. Yeah. Did it happen very often where you'd just be like, do-do-do, and you're like, oops, 
And like they were trying to dig an ID, they were trying to place an ID and they'd blow themselves up. Oh yeah, where they would kill themselves on accident. That happened a lot. Another thing that would happen is they would, they had a lot of remote control IDs where they would, a lot of the IDs were wired up to cell phones and they would dial a certain number and then the ID would go off. But they would be at an angle in our patrol where they, the ideal location for them to set the ID off to hurt us or kill us wasn't ideal. So say the detonator, the guy that was detonating the IED was looking at the place where he knew it was and we walked by it. But maybe on this day, he was angled more towards our front than our side. So he couldn't have a good depth perception Mm -hmm. on where exactly we were in terms of the IED. So sometimes you would, I remember one time we were walking along and like 300 meters behind us, just in the desert, boom, just a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just an IED went off. We had just walked past there, but he had waited too long to, to detonate it because wherever he was, and the only reason we knew that is because we had a, um interpreter there that had this gear on that he could hear them talking on the phone, almost like a, like a scanner. Mm-hmm. And the guy was losing his mind like, oh, I swear it up. Oh, they, they weren't in front of IED that, you know, he was swearing about how he couldn't, get a good reading on where we were in relation to the IED. So it just wasted all that time they had spent. And it was very funny. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of work that goes into, I've always wondered because some of those dudes over there, they're pretty extreme. I mean, some of them are, and it's associated like the, the reason that region is, is under such a sort of insufferable rule is because of the, the elements of extremism in the extremist fringe of the of their religion. I'm not saying that the the religion of Islam is that way or that Muslims are that way. Well, I mean, every religion has extremists. I'm talking to one. Yeah, pick. Fi- Hello, welcome to my religion. You know, drive out, drive out in the nowhere Utah, and you'll find a bunch of people that have a reformed hyphen in yeah. <laughs> their, their name. But I've always been curious, is the dynamic between like family members there, like husband and wife, for example, is it such that I, I, I have this parallel feeling like a wife of an extreme Taliban member would be like the wife of a mob boss where she's fully aware oh, yeah. of what's happening and everything, but there's nothing she can say about it. No, because she will literally be beheaded. Yeah. Because women are property over there. I mean, yeah, and I know that's pissing a lot of people. I mean, it is what it's the truth. Women have just as much say over there as as children, and they would never dare say anything. I, I mean, they're just expected to just keep hidden and be quiet. Yeah, they kind of look at it like how like eighteen hundreds parents looked at children, like children should be seen and not heard. More of a utility, maybe. Yes. Oh, that's that's crazy. Well, the reason I asked was for part two question, which has nothing to do at all with Afghanistan, which is this. Hypothetically, if somebody stole $11,000 and several pounds of marijuana from you, what would you do about it? If they stole several thousand dollars, $11,000 and several pounds of marijuana from you. Where do I live when this happens? In your house. 
I mean, I probably wouldn't worry that much about it because I've just got $11,000 and pounds of marijuana laying around. That's probably a drop in the bucket. <laughs> okay, let's say, it is a, let's say it's a, a one-off. That's all my marijuana and all my weed? Yeah, it was you know one of those situations where you just got ripped, ripped off and somebody robbed you. I mean, what do you do? You can't do anything. But you don't know who it was. You go find the people. Like, do you try to track it down? I mean, probably, but like, ultimately, I'll probably just count it as a loss. You can't go to the police. Hey, they stole pounds of marijuana from me. This is an out. This this is an outrage. Right. Well, I was. I guess what I was wondering is, from like a networking standpoint, I think a lot of people would be like, "Hey, I'm going to go talk to so and so because so and so would know where this." Where you know where this ended up, or who who it could have been? I would go to the police and say somebody stole eleven thousand dollars from me. Ah, okay. I wouldn't mention the weed. Then they might jump on that. But I, I think vigilante justice, especially when it comes to drugs, one hundred percent of the time ends you up in prison. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. You would do the the thing, the proper thing that a white guy would do, and just be like, "Well, I was almost fun. That was a loss. I would just chalk it up as a because you're not going to find out who did that." And even if he did, they're not going to admit to it. And you're not you're not desirous enough for that kind of swag that you would go looking to get it back. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to show up at the crack house with a bulletproof vest on and a Punisher shirt yeah. <laughs> and get my weed, my pounds of weed back. No, it's probably a loss. It's probably like, ah, I've got kids, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to live out an action movie. I'm not trying to be yeah. John Wick. Did they kill my dog? No, no, your dog's fine. Dog's fine. Ah, swear. I just lost out on weed and $11,000. Okay. All right. Part two question to that is, do you have any friends where if they showed up to your door and said, I need you to come with me, we have to throw down on some people in your current lifestyle, having kids and- Absolutely. Joe. You would would jump in their car and go and put, put a beat down on somebody? If Joe showed up in my house right now while we're recording, yeah, I would leave. I wouldn't even turn off the recording. I would just walk out. <laughs> and you do you do that knowing that you probably might end up spending a night or two in jail. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. No, I I think I'm I'm the same way. I don't think, but, but I'm not going to leave my buddies hanging. I'll, I'll get knocked out beside them. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I I know I'd probably get roughed up. But I would go. And then after I woke up, I'd be like, while I'm here, who took my weed? <laughs> See, to me, what, my mind goes a different way. It's like, let's go and let's let's rough them up. I want to take their driver's license, though. When, when we're done, I want it just get as many driver's licenses as you can. And I'm going to ruin their lives by putting child porn on their computers and then reporting it. That is the most... <laughs> Caucasian way, just Caucasian nerd, Silicon Valley way. Or get them fired from their job for, you know. And it was porn you already had? (laughs) No. (laughs) I would just do what everybody else does when they want to set somebody up, is they would just Google a zip zip file full of child porn. I wouldn't open it. I'd just put it on there. You know, that's, I think that's how you could do it. Uh, well, today we are going to Canton, Ohio. Back in July 2020 of 2020, a similar situation kind of played out. 
The only problem was everybody that the situation was playing out on had no idea what was going on, had no idea why this was happening or anything. And I just want to jump right in and play the call. Okay. And then we'll go from there. You excited for this? Nope. Me neither. Here we go. There. My house just like got shot up. Just now? Yeah. Do, do you know how many you heard? How many shots did you hear? It was a lot, like seven. I don't know. I'm sorry, how many? Like seven. Seven shots? Yeah. And your house was shot? Yes. Do you know who might have possibly did or did you see the vehicle? The baby. I think the baby got he got shot in the butt. The baby got shot in the butt? Yes. Yeah. One year old. Is it a Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pause it. Let me Yeah. I'm gonna pause it really quick. Somebody came and shoot shoots up your house from outside. Your one year old takes a bullet. Is, th- is that how you respond? Yeah, this is... Everybody's shockingly calm. Yeah. Because if my one-year-old takes a bullet, I am unhinged. It's It seems like a weird... No, I don't want to say weird. Maybe they were in shock. But, but, but it seems a little too composed already. Like maybe they know why so-and-so shot the house. I, the only reason I, I, I'm speculating here is because of the questions that you asked me at the beginning of this when you were like. Right. Well, statistically speaking, everything is already, this is kind of new territory for a lot of the people on the call. You don't call 911 when you have a problem. You don't. This is, this is you know, for everybody involved, they're like, this is weird, but a whole lot of bullet holes, so we just, we can't handle this on our own. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard to hide a bullet hole in a one-year-old. Yeah. So their body is so much smaller, the bullet hole is so much bigger. Oh, it's so obvious. So because of that, I, I think that there were a lot of factors at play here that they're like, this is something where we can't just, we can't just not be witness to this. We we have to address it. Now, just to clarify, the one-year-old is fi- is alive and, and fine. She said it just got shot in the butt. One-year-old took a bullet to the butt. Let's continue and see what's up. Here we go. Did you see any vehicles or anything that went by? No, but I have cameras. Okay. And is the baby a male or a female? He's a male. A male? Okay. He's breathing right now. That's him crying in the background? Yes, yes. All right. I'm going to dispatch this, okay? Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, what? Ma'am. Oh my god. Please, please, Ma'am. Oh my god. Hurry, please. Please Ma'am, we have somebody dispatching. What's your name? Yes. The baby's still breathing. Oh my God, ma'am! Is the baby still breathing? Is the baby breathing? Yes. No, we don't know. Please. Oh my God. 
If he's not breathing his mouth. Was he shot? Okay, I'm just pausing again. I'm, I'm like, like really confused on what's going on here. Exactly. It doesn't, to, to me, to me, it sounds like, to me, it sounds like somebody was, two people were sent to the grocery store to get items and they're both in different aisles and something is happening at the grocery store that they're not interested in talking about on the phone to whoever is like helping them to find the items. And they're like, okay, okay, look, look in front of you. You see the cereal? No, 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 I don't see the cereal. Where are you? Huh? You know, it's like, it's like you can't, you can only help some, someone build a map of the situation. And what it sounded, sounds like is she's getting information about. Yeah. She seems like a middle, like a middle woman here and all the. She could literally probably not be there and have been as effective in this case. It's, it's, it's bewildering a little bit, especially in a sense of emergency, like children, you know, children being shot or something. Why you wouldn't be right there to like be like, here's the situation. Let me tell you what's happening. You know, it's like their telephone game and the telephone game isn't really even working because somebody cut the line between the people in a probably not a giant house either. You know, I mean, you can hear everybody within, you know, earshot. And you can hear the baby crying, but now she's acting like the baby's not breathing. I, I'm, I'm just so confused. Yeah. As to what's going on here. Exactly. Yeah. So was the so was the dispatcher. So let's continue, and we'll see how things roll out. Ma'am, we have somebody dispatching. You did say you did say the baby was shot in the butt, right? Yes. Please hurry, please, please, please. Oh my God. Was anybody else in the home shot? No, just the two babies, the twins. They're one years old. Oh. Hang on. Wait a minute. Now two of them are shot. One was shot in the butt. And the two, so both babies got shot. Now this is new information, which again, seems like you're in the wrong aisle of the grocery store to define what's happening. What is happening right now? I know. I know. I know. I know. Let's continue. Here we go. Both of the babies were shot or just one? Yes, sir. He, that's what he just said. Please, please, please. How, ma'am, how many babies were shot? Just one or two? He said two. Two of the babies were shot? Yes. And where was there the other baby shot? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is the other baby breathing? Yes, he's crying right now. Please hurry up. You don't know where the other please. baby was shot, though? No. Oh, my God. And how old is the other baby? They're both one. They're twins. Okay. They're both one. All right. We're getting them. Can you pause this? Right now. We're getting them. Dispatch. Okay. So what year was this? This was the back in July 2020 of 2020. Okay. So I think what's going on here, and I might be wrong. I think that this woman isn't even at the place where this is going on. She's got two separate phone calls going on. I think that whoever has called her, whether it's her son or her daughter or whatever family member, doesn't want to talk to the police or whatever. She's called her mom or her sister or whoever this woman is and is telling her. And then she made the decision to call 911 
and she's just oh. passing along information that she's getting, and she's on the phone simultaneously, two phone calls. So it's literally the telephone game. It's the tele. I think that's what's going. I might be wrong, but that's what this feels like. Okay. That this woman is just literally trying. She's not giving information because she literally doesn't have it. She's passing information as she's getting it on the other phone. Because at this point, the the dispatcher's requests for information have become so particular that even if you, and you can tell she has a small baby on her person somewhere. You can hear it. Yeah, there's definitely a child in this house, but I don't think it's necessarily the one that one of the ones that has been shot. Yeah, there sounds like because because the the two the twins turns out they're 19 months. Okay, okay, but the one that you can hear like in the phone is a baby, baby. Like she's got a hold on the baby. Yeah, that's a little baby. You could tell by the cries that that's like a four month old, three month old. Yeah, but even with a baby, baby in your hands. The dispatcher's requests for information and everything seems such that you would get up off the couch or you would walk into the house or you would you would put yourself right. Or even just if you were in the place, you could get more information than what she's being able to give. You start yelling. Yeah, you start yelling for requests for information. Anyway, okay, yeah. Uh, it continues. Here we go. Are the babies still breathing? Are the babies breathing? Ace, Ace, Ace. She's starting out. Is the other, is the other baby also oh, now? One is crying and one is eight. I don't know. I don't know. Please hurry up. Please, 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 please. Hello? Yes. Are both babies still breathing? Yes. <laughs> Yes, both babies are breathing. I don't know. I don't know. He don't. He don't know. Ace is breathing. He won't wake up. Okay. Oh my God. Are the babies both now? Ma'am. I don't know. You. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. When is taking cover right now? She. Oh my God. Like it takes this long. Oh my God, ma'am, are you able to tell me if you seen any vehicles with the that shot the gun? I did not see any. You didn't see any vehicles, okay? No, I did not see nothing. I did not see nothing. The cops are here. Thank you. Okay, and that's the old. I mean, is that all the call? Do you have more? Nope. Do you have information? Yeah. Thank God, because I was about to be really pissed off at you. Right now, it feels like <laughs> the uh, Act 3 of Boys in the Hood. <laughs> where Rick, because I can hear that guy losing his mind in the background. I'm going to kill these swears. This is the part where Ricky yeah. gets gunned down. They bring him into the house, and then they, they go to ride because they got to take care of the guys. That That's what this feels like, Boy, Act 3 of Boys in the Hood. And you'd be pretty close in this regard. Again, it, it, it just seemed, it seemed to be something that the person that was calling was not comfortable in that, in that position of being the information giver. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she was there. I don't know if you, it's honestly, it makes a lot more sense what you said where she might have just been on the phone somewhere else and somebody called her and says, you need to call. So that's not what was happening here. 
I don't know. I There are a couple things toward the end there that she says that makes it seem possible that she was she was there. She says, we're just taking cover. But you can tell there are people walking around. Yeah. That guy that's losing his mind, He his voice gets louder, and, and you can tell he's moving around in the house. And, and maybe, you know, maybe she's in mother mode, and she's huddled up, and she's not going to move because she's got a baby. Which would be completely understandable. But nevertheless, a very confusing situation, especially. Because the one-year-old, the twins aren't her children, correct? It doesn't ever say. It doesn't say. It doesn't say who who is making this call. It doesn't say whether or not she doesn't give enough information so that you know anything. Other than the fact that they're probably geolocating that house, I don't think there was enough information on this to, to go off of at all. What happened up? Give us the information. All right. So in addition to the 911 call that uh, we just heard, police later released home surveillance video of three men walking up to the house where there were children's toys littered all over the porch and front yard. And the men fired 23 shots from three separate handguns into the home from outside. Inside, there were two 19-month-old twins asleep on the couch and three other children, the Lucas's boy's father, they were the Lucas's, the twins, the Lucas's boy's father, Aaron Lucas, and his girlfriend. Those were all the people in the house. Now, I can't tell you whether or not that was the girlfriend on the phone or what. Little Ace Lucas, 19-month-old Ace Lucas, was asleep on the sofa bed beside his twin brother, when bullets ripped through their father's house, Ace was hit three times while Arcel was hit once in the bottom. Police began an investigation to locate the men who shot up the house, and it was an investigation that ended up lasting five months before a substantial break in the case occurred. On December 2021, Trey C. Johnson... 23 was arrested at 1 p.m. by agents of the FBI Safe Streets Task Force on warrants stemming from a 21-count indictment. Trayvon had been previously convicted of possession of criminal tools, trafficking in controlled substances, and in possession in 2015, and drug trafficking charges in 2018 where he did time in prison. He was released from drug trafficking his time in prison for the drug trafficking charges in 2019. So did less than a year of time for drug trafficking. That's what the court records show, at least. They also state that the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction, they have on record that he was returned to prison at some point in 2019, but we're not sure for which charge or whether it was a parole violation or what, but that he had gone back to prison for a period of time, maybe to finish up a writer, I'm not sure. Also not listed were when the ads in the episode were going to show up, but that time is now. Oh. Houston, go for ads. <laughs> gotcha. All right, back to the story. Trey Wan, for his involvement in the shooting and death of the baby, was charged with improper discharge of a firearm into a habitation having weapons under disability, which I guess would mean that he was disabled. Uh, he doesn't look disabled. I'm looking at his, in court here, he's standing 
up super tall and proud. Pretty tall. Sweaty, fat piece of swears. Maybe it was a mental disability. Uh, seven counts of felonious assault and two counts of murder. Now, this is interesting. Two counts of murder. Clark County court records show the second count of murder stems from a gun specification. So in this case, carries a specific charge of murder with a firearm in particular, in addition to just the plain old vanilla murder charge that he was getting that he would probably have only got had he murdered somebody with a shoe or another deadly weapon. But because it was a gun that he used, there's they, they call that a specification charge. Yeah. Which is interesting. After he was in jail, things started to spice up a little bit, though. Trey Juan Caliente, if you will. A couple of Trey Juan's former cellmates testified that he had confessed to the murder while in jail because he was upset over $11,000 of stolen money and several pounds of marijuana. They felt comfortable in taking deals for their testimony since the code of the streets, they said, was violated because the crime involved the murder of a child. <laughs> Bennett, one of the former cellmates, said that while incarcerated at the Lorain County Correctional Institute, Johnson told him he was under investigation for murder. And then according to Bennett, Johnson told him that he had two Chicago-area family members of his come down to Canton, Ohio, and they had parked a car near the target's home, walked over, and fired all those shots into the house. And then Bennett says he didn't know the name of the person who allegedly had stolen from Johnson. Bennett also testified that Johnson told him he wore a black hoodie and a COVID mask. Now, Bennett said that Johnson repeatedly was would put a towel on his head and a mask over his face in jail, mimicking what he had done at the shooting, asking asking benefit to confirm if he thought he could be identified from, you know, the configuration on his head. According to Bennett's testimony, Johnson Trewan said the Chicago men were members of the Black Disciple Gang and that they was some bad boys, he said. I don't know which disciples they were or which branch of discipleship they ascribe. The Davidians. I was going to say it's it I wouldn't put it in the category of good good upstanding disciples. Have you seen the pictures of these little twin boys they they were well one of them's gone now but Yeah, so sad. Absolutely adorable so little sad. boys. Yeah. Ooh. This is infuriating. It is. So Bennett the cellmate thought maybe Johnson was joking, so he had his wife, he called it Bennett called his wife and placed a conference call with the police to see if Johnson was telling the truth. Trayvon was telling the truth, and the homicide investigation was confirmed by the Canton, Ohio police. And Bennett then spoke with the investigators. His cellmate Bennett insisted he wasn't seeking reward money, even though there was a, a large reward for information regarding arrest and conviction. Although he was aware of it, he says, after overhearing Johnson speak with his mother on the phone. According to another cell cellmate, Mitchell, Johnson told him that his brother was reportedly the one that was robbed of the money and weed. So it wasn't even Trey Wan that got robbed. It was Trey Wan's brother who apparently, reportedly, was robbed of $11,000 and several pounds of weed. So Trey Wan could have been working off of uh, 
you know, bad information, but, but that he and four others, because of the reported theft, including two from Chicago, took a rental car and Johnson's Dodge Charger to the Lucas's home, circled the house, then parked on a back street. A cellmate testified that Johnson said after the shooting, he changed the rims on his tires from black to chrome. Mitchell said that Johnson identified several other men who participated in the shooting, recounting their names in court. So Mitchell later spoke with the investigators who had a member of the FBI Safe Streets Task Force meet with them. I'm guessing in this case that the FBI Safe Streets Task Force was involved because of potential members of the crime that were that had crossed state lines. Because I don't know that you get the FBI involved in a case like this very very often or very easily. So in exchange for his testimony, Mitchell said he was promised early release by Thanksgiving. So he was cajoled through Turkey to rat on, on this other guy, but the code of the street had already been broken. According to that, it was all out the window because a child had been involved. There were other witnesses too. Joy Hastings, former, formerly of Canton, Ohio testified that she flew from Florida to Cleveland the weekend of the shooting to see a man associated with Trayvon. The pair drank liquor and smoked weed throughout the day. The woman testified and she later go home, shower and change before heading out to meet up with friends at a bar. Uh, Hastings, Joy Hastings then received a message from the man to meet her at an apartment that belonged to one of Trayvon's relatives. According to Hastings, it was there that she saw Trayvon on July 21st, 2020 of 2020, along with several other individuals with whom she recalled by name in court. Some of the men Hastings identified at the apartment that night also were named by Johnson's cellmate, Mitchell, as others that were involved in the shooting. So things are starting to come together here. There was cross-examination of Hastings and her her story corroborated uh, the evidence that they had so far. And then things got crazy-er. In this whole trial and investigation, they were preparing Aaron Lucas, the, the father of the two twin boys, to testify in court. But the trial got delayed when on August 9th, 2021, the trial for a man accused of killing a toddler, Trayvon, was delayed because Aaron Lucas, the 29-year-old father of Ace and Arcel Lucas, was found dead What in a driveway of a home in Canton. He had multiple gunshot wounds to his face, neck, and torso. Police later issued an arrest warrant for a suspect, Nicholas Harvey, age 37, of Canton, Ohio, after a murder complaint was filed. Harvey remained at large from then on. Aaron Lucas was scheduled to be a witness at his children's school tri- shooting trial and was set to take the stage, take the stand Monday that afternoon and instead was gunned down, which put a dent in the investigation and trial against Trey Wan. The, the thing was, this was a very messy case because there were people that were being killed and that were being threatened for their testimonies. Uh, there was a lack of, of people who were willing to, to be witnesses and be called, called in. At about 8.30 p.m. Saturday, a 65-year-old Jenny Norris was fatally shot outside her home in the same block, and they had questions as to whether or not they were 
as she was killed by the same person. October 2021, finally, October 2021, Trayvon Johnson was found guilty on all counts after a jury found him guilty of two counts of murder and seven counts of felonious assault. The judge gave him 72 years without the possibility of parole. Bria Torrance, the twins' mother, which was the first time that we had heard her name anywhere in the investigation, she said that Arcel, who also suffered a gunshot wound, we know to his rear, survived and is doing well. He just misses his brother Ace. She said, quote, we definitely have a lot of memories of Arcel, and, and Arcel is definitely keeping his brother's memory alive, so he's alive with us. It's just hard not to be able to see and hold Ace. It's day by day for me. And there you've got it. Whew. That's the backstory behind a terrible 911 call. And it just turns out it goes from bad to worse. Yep. And there's no... I mean, at least Arcel survived, but it doesn't sound like he's in a in an environment where he's going to flourish either. So I, I, there's not a happy ending here. He might grow up with some um, angst because of this. Uh, I would say so. Yeah, they're so cute. Yeah. Did you see pictures of them? Yeah. Two peas in a pod, and they were just laying, they were sleeping on the couch. All the rounds that came through the house were nine millimeter rounds, and it's judged that the distance of fire between where they were standing outside was less than 20 feet into the walls of the house yeah not caring who they kill not caring who they hurt no. just pieces of swear i'm glad trey Wan's gonna swear and die in prison that is kind of yeah i hope he gets violated every single day but judging by his size he probably won't he'll probably be doing the violating yeah it's sad too i know the i know the law has to do what the law has to do and that we have you know we have prisons that are overflowing and everything it's a head scratcher to think that that he did Less than a year for drug trafficking, too. No, it's not. In my little brain, it seems like that should be a lot longer. Does, doesn't it? Yeah. You know how many times I've booked people in for the same thing over and over and over and over again? It's just a rotating door. Just book them in, put them in a cell. They get out the next day, a week later, boom. It's just over. It's, that's not surprising to me at all. It's hard. It is. It doesn't. It, it it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about the the people that were that were sitting out there that were victims that were exposed because of somebody like this. And I looked into his background and everything, and you know, it's pretty much what what I presented as far as his criminal record. But just kind of walking around with impunity, you know, the law didn't even really teach him a lesson. Do you have a happy ending? Because I I do. Okay, thank you. The, I, I do. I've got, I've got a good one. Go ahead and just play it, because as with many happy endings, this one is relatively self-explanatory. So here we go. Come on, play. It's not playing. Hold on. It's good stuff. Should have worked. The moment. The moment. There we go. Oh, I think I know what happened. In the meantime, you can tell us about things that are on your desk. <laughs> Not going to do that. Learn my lesson. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't love that. Well, a lot of people did love it, I think. They just are 
silent majority. <laughs> okay, we're back. We're back to it. I, I have I have full control of my senses again. Here is the, the happy ending. Here we go. Patient breathing. Hello, hello. Is the ambulance? Is the patient breathing? Is he breathing? Yep, he's breathing. Okay, thank you. Is is he conscious? Um, yes, he's moving a little bit. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Tell me exactly what's happened. Is uh, it looks like he's having an epileptic fit. Okay. But has he had more than one fit in a row? Oh no! People don't know. Um, his school friends don't know if he's epileptic. Oh, okay. Thank you. Is he still having that fit, or has he stopped? Um, no, he, he doesn't. It doesn't actually look good, actually. Right. Okay. All right. And he's still breathing, is he? Okay. Okay. Stop breathing. He's stopped um, breathing. We've, we've got a lady here that's that's got um, some sort of NHS. Um, Right, she's um, a nurse. Closing on. I, I don't yeah. know. Okay, all right. I think she's just a mum. Right, okay, I'm just trying to... And we started resuscitation. You are resuscitating him now. Okay, just yeah. keep me informed what's going on, okay? If there is a defibrillator available, send someone to get it now. And I've got one at the um, closest one to you is the Belvoir High School. Right, and we've got another, we've got another doctor. Okay, Dr. Um, I know somebody who's a GP has arrived Okay, well. brilliant, thank you. Doctor, I think his name's Dr. Watson. So is the patient still unconscious and having CPR or? He's, he's kind of semi-conscious. Okay. He's kind of taking breath but kind of out of it at the same time. Right, there's a, I think there's a gentleman coming with a defib. Good. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so the defib's on defib next to him. Okay, thank you. With it. Okay. Putting the putting the defib on him. Oh, they're doing that now, are they? All right, that's the ambulance arriving now as well. Right, I'll stay stay with me until they get out of the car and with him. Okay. You're okay. doing a really really good job. Right, so the ambulance crew are here now. Lovely. And oh. attendant. Brilliant. I'll leave you with them. Thank you for your help. You were amazing. Thanks. Thank you. I Bye. hope he's okay. I do too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. He died. What? I'm just kidding. He didn't. But even if he didn't, like, what was that? Is that? Was that a happy ending to you just because of their accents? Yeah. No, probably. I think a little bit. I was mesmerized by the accent. But this was an 11-year-old boy who was at school and had ca- went into cardiac arrest and everybody around him, like, just dialed it in. And and there was a defibrillator, then two defibrillators. There was a doctor that was called. Actually, you're saying, it's a defibrillator. Right, yeah. At the school. But what was really cool was, I just, I thought it was so neat. Kind of, it felt like the Blue Angels of of dispatch work, you know? Like, everybody was just doing what they were supposed to and it was like could you have this do you have that do you want a spot of tea can he breathe the tea in his lungs if you try pull usually the happy endings just have like a comedic aspect to them and i thought that for you this one was really funny just because of how they sounded that's what i thought no it was more heartwarming to know that an 11 year old 11 year old boy okay okay that makes sense now yeah also, none of his friends knew if he was, you know, susceptible to any of these types of things. So it turns out he had a car, he went into cardiac arrest. And because all of the people there were 
there to rally around. And they and they hadn't called somebody else who wasn't there to call 911. They were all really able to help, and that's cool. Well, that was nice. And he's fine. Plus the accent. And the accents. Yeah, that's why you picked that. But yeah, he's fine. Mostly. Anytime I hear that accent, I know the call's probably a happy ending. That's what my, I, in my head, that's what the people that were living in the area were Jack the Ripper. Right. In that time frame and in that area, that's what everybody sounded like in, in Jack the Ripper days. That's, yep. I don't know. We've, we've come across another day hook, huh? She's dead. Is she breathing? Should we get a defibrillator? Is she breathing? No, I don't think so. No, she just seems to be, she's, well, her head's over there. It's over there, love. Legs are over there. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. It's kind of a kerfuffle here. So yeah, no, he's he's fine. He's fine. Good. And Good. on that note, I wanted to leave you with a warm, a warm note from that call. And I'm out of content. What's the note? Well, the, the warm note was the call. I, oh, I ah. Can we be done? That sentence was set up like I had something else for you, but I didn't. yes, it was. Am, I'm bereft of content now. <laughs> All right. All right. I love you. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Hug. Hugs, everybody. Yep. Bye. <laughs>